welcome to the latest episode of Public Power Now. I'm Paul Champoli, News Director for AVPA. Our guest on this episode is Brian Chandler, General Manager of Alabama's Troy Utilities. Brian has served as General Manager for Troy Utilities since May of 2014. Brian, thanks for joining us. Hi, Paul. Good to be with you today. Good. Uh, well, thanks for joining us. Um, so, Brian, just to get our conversation started, I wondered if you, to know if you could talk about um, your your responsibilities as general manager. Good. Be glad to. Uh, first, I want to say thank you for, for having me. I've uh, listened to these podcasts for, for years and, and look forward to them and the episodes coming out. So it's it's an honor for me to, to, to actually be in one and be the person you're talking to. So I'm Appreciate glad to that. be here. No uh, problem. I'm the general manager of the uh, City of Troy Utility Department. Uh, we operate as a, a division of the city of Troy. I'm a department head and work directly for the mayor. Uh, we offer electric water and wastewater sewer services to the residents of the city of Troy. Serve about 25 square miles, uh, about 9,500 electric customers, about 8,000 water customers, and about 6,000 wastewater sewer customers. Uh, in addition to that, we provide uh, 311 non-emergency call center services citywide, so all incoming uh, city calls that do not go to 911 uh, come through the, the ladies who operate our 311 center. So all of that falls under my department. We've got about 55 employees uh, that cover all of those groups in addition to uh, customer service uh, here in uh, City Hall where our offices are. So just kind of um, wanted to get a little more specific in terms of activities that are that are that have been going on with Troy Utilities. And, and one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is the fact that um, line workers from Troy Utilities uh, this year participated in the Light Up Navajo Initiative, which is a project to extend electric service to households on the Navajo Nation. So could you detail the types of work the utilities line workers uh, participated participated in while they were deployed for the initiative? Yes, sir. Our guys were out there uh, last month. Um, we tried to get things to work last year and couldn't make it work logistically. So we, we were glad to be able to participate. This is something that's interested us ever since the, the Light Up Navajo project uh, came out. Um, we sent a crew of, of nine guys out there and they worked for a week. Uh, they split them up into two different crews while they were out there. And they built power lines to, to families on the, the Navajo reservation. It, this is something that, that is, a, is a really important project for me, and I appreciate the opportunity to, to talk about it, to help spread the word. Our guys had a great experience out there, uh, difficult working conditions, most assuredly, but, but very rewarding at the end, especially when the, they got to turn on uh, power and lights for some of the families on the nation for the first time and then meet and visit with them. So th that's kind of the issue out there. There's, there are just thousands of families who, who do not have access to electricity and thus do not have access to, to Internet or running water and things of that nature. And, and that's what, what really grabbed our attention that it's a mutual aid without the storm, I think the term that the Wally and some of the others out there have used. And, and our guys were glad to get to go. Uh, we've always been a big participant in mutual aid, and this was just a, a further extension of that. You know, it really pulls on your heartstrings that, that there are several thousand American families, American citizens uh, living in this country who do not have access to things that we take for granted, like electric power. So this was a great opportunity for us to, to go out there and, and send a crew out there and serve them. But but our guys, where they're, where they're out there, it's, it's very remote location. It's, it's high desert, high elevation, a lot of sand and a lot of rocks difficult working conditions. Um, it's hot, very low humidity. Uh, it's a little bit different than what we're used to here in the, the southeast part of the country. Uh, but they did everything from from setting poles to pulling wire and, and completely building the lines and services uh, to, to run energized lines to 
families into homes that have never had access to electricity. And they, they were out there and worked for a week and were only able to connect a couple of families just due to the, the remoteness of it, that it, it's it's miles and miles of line to, to, to get to each family. And so this has been a very long process and a very slow process, but they had a really great experience. And we were glad we we're able to, to go out there and participate in it and to get a few more families connected up uh, out there on the nation. Now, you may have already touched upon this, so we can move on to the next question if you feel that you've already done this. But, um, you know, I, you talked about mutual aid and, and public power communities helping each other. So how do you, you know, anything you want to add in terms of how this Light Up Navajo effort is an example of public power communities helping each other? Well, it most assuredly is, you know, the the, the Light Up Navajo project was really the only feasible and economic method uh, to extend electric power service to those families that 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 don't have it out there on the nation. So it's just a further example of us being a public power community and them being a public power entity um, with NTUA out there to be able to help them and extend power to these people that desperately need it. You know, mutual aid is one thing that, that so many of us have participated in, and we, we've received mutual aid here in Troy and sent people to Louisiana, Georgia, Florida, other places over the years. And it's one thing to, to send crews to places where there's been a tornado or a hurricane or some other type of, of devastating natural event that's torn down power lines and devastated infrastructure and, and people's power is off because of that destruction. But that's kind of the added thing going out to the, the Navajo Nation as part of those light up was that these people have never had access to electricity. And although they desperately want it, it's a big deal to, to go out there and to build new lines where there have never been power lines and to turn on people's power who have never had electricity. So it's just a it's just a further example of, of, of public power, helping public power. And, and you know, we want to help spread the word where potentially uh, other utilities will be interested in going and interested in involving. It's it's really a great experience. And, and if and if everybody hasn't been, then you need to try to make the most of the opportunity. It's a it's a it's a lot of hard work, but it's a very rewarding experience. Thanks, Brian. So, so wanted to switch gears and, and um, turn to electric vehicles. You know, as you know, the first electric vehicle charging station in downtown Troy um, recently became um, fully operational. So, could you talk about the utility strategy related to EVs and EV charging stations? And also, for example, more specifically, it's my understanding the city is applying for grant funds through the Alabama Department of Economic and Community Affairs to possibly install more chargers. Right. I'll take the, the, the first question first. We we decided that we were going to install a couple of level two chargers on the city-owned property here in Troy. The first one was recently installed that, that you mentioned um, near our downtown area in a city-owned parking lot where we can control the facilities. Uh, electric infrastructure was already there, so it was pretty easy for us to do. We have plans to roll out one to our uh, recreation center and sportsplex where the city also owns property. Um, and also there are a lot of visitors to put in a level two charger there. So there are a few EVs around town. Uh, you know, we, we've seen them and, and we, for the most part, know who own them. You know, we, we've talked to them and we've kind of monitored their electric usage to try to get an idea of what they're doing and kind of work with them to help them figure out some things. But the main reason we wanted to put in some chargers is one except for a handful that are at car dealerships here, there were no public uh, EV chargers in Troy. So that would provide a service and for people who are traveling through or who live here who have electric vehicles and provide them a place that's convenient to stop with their families and either shop or visit or 
you know, stop the the playground at our recreation center, but also it will provide us the the ability to to really monitor those chargers through the electric meter and through the the charger data itself to look at at, at charging times and charging conditions and loads and be able to gather some information as EVs are more prominent or rolled out and incentives for for charging stations and vehicles continue, then we would be able to to, to do that and have some information to build on and plan for you know going forward that we have some firsthand information that that we can access and. and and look at and plan on. And I, and I guess just to interject real quick, so I mean, in some ways, uh, not having a, a huge influx of, of EV customers all at one time is, is beneficial because you guys can kind of get your arms around how to, to best strategize um, related to the deployment of charging stations. Yep, that's exactly right. You know, and then based on, you know, the, the loads here based on our environment is a little bit different for us as compared to other utilities geographically across the country mm-hmm. and so that's why we wanted to be able to to, to do that and again in a kind of a two-fold approach to supply that and then you mentioned on the grant that's exactly mm-hmm. right uh, we, we are not on an interstate highway here we are on a major four-lane highway in the intersection with some other highways here in troy uh, also on a hurricane evacuation route so this year we were eligible for some federal funding to apply through a grant through uh, alabama department of economic and community affairs adeca and so we did do that recently uh, th- those have not been awarded or announced yet but we partnered with our local uh, pioneer museum here it's the pioneer museum of alabama they have several rustic historical log cabins a two-story museum f- full of all sorts of uh, frontier and pioneer artifacts. They have a grist mill, an old covered bridge, an old railroad locomotive, a very neat place to, to stop and visit here in Troy and a unique place in Alabama. So we thought it would be good to partner with them and put in a, a level three charger there. And that's who we partnered with to apply for this grant so that people coming through would have somewhere to stop, to visit, to use the restroom. It would be a neat attraction for them to, to see the Pioneer Museum and, and benefit them and help their business as well as providing a, a neat place to, to have a charger here in Troy. So we recently applied for, for that grant um, to have two level three charging stations put in there. It's right along our, our main four lane US highway, uh, our electric power lines are right there adjacent to it so the electric service would be easy to provide so we're hoping that to, to get some feedback and, and to get some good news on that on that grant soon and we think it's just a really cool opportunity to to, to partner with them and to partner with the, the museum there to, to have a, a neat place to have a charger here in town and, and have the first level three charger in troy and in in our county so you know unfortunately the the supply chain challenges facing the power sector are, are still um, prevalent. So uh, in that context, I wanted to take the opportunity to, to, to have you comment on how, you know, if Troy's face any uh, issues related to the ongoing supply chain constraints. Like essentially everybody else, we've, we've had our struggles. Late in 2020, when, when things began to drastically change due to COVID and, and lead times and availability got pushed out further and longer and more expensive. Uh, we began to try to ramp up our activities uh, t- to plan further ahead for materials that we would need to try to create more either undercover or outside storage space to try to stock up on materials that were more commonly used. And so we've done a pretty good job of that. We, we have not had any issues as far as having to to stop or put off projects or to wait for materials to arrive, to to install transformers or anything of that nature. Um, we we've been very creative. Uh, we we work with our developers and 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 others in the area. We've been very fortunate that even through COVID, uh, we've experienced continued residential, commercial, retail, and industrial growth. But we've worked with all of them 
to to be able to, to to manage that as best as possible. But we've also gotten creative. We reached outside our traditional suppliers, whether it's it's uh, people who purchase new transformers from, or people who rebuild or sell, rebuild or rebound transformers, uh, and tried to find alternatives. Other materials have have lead times have stretched out. A lot of those have gotten better. Um, they're still not what they were pre-COVID and, and probably won't ever be, unfortunately. Um, but but transformers are and continue to be the the, the big pain point for, for us and for the utility industry. There's several committees and, and other things that APPA is, is actively working on uh, to, to try to help streamline and help those processes. We've participated and been involved in, in some of those. But yeah, we, we've managed it pretty well, but we really tried to think outside the box and if there's anything we can do to to save or to reuse or recondition or even if it's from a different supplier that you know they might not be able to supply all of our needs they might have you know just one or two or just a handful and so we've we've tried to be creative and open to to new places and new avenues that we didn't use or participate with before just to make sure that, that we can maintain our stock and our emergency storm stock as well and continue to you know provide reliable power here for troy at and their citizens and customers here, as well as handle the the new growth and the new facilities that are coming in, and not have to you know put off anybody or turn anybody away because we're waiting for extended times on on materials. So when you're talking about new growth, we're talking about like you know, uh, housing construction, for example. Yep, yep. Oh, we okay. we we. We have seen that housing construction. Troy is is a college town. Troy University mm-hmm. is here. Um, they're one of our larger customers, so there are a lot of, of college students here in town. A lot of them moving back in this week, matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so there are a lot of apartments and rental houses and things of that nature here. So those have continued to be built as university enrollment has grown. Um, commercial and retail, you know, it's we we've seen a fair bit of that. You know, from strip malls, shopping centers, mm-hmm. restaurants, grocery stores, things of that nature. Um, we're also heavily industrial here. In Troy and several of our large industries have continued to expand throughout COVID and are continuing to to do that. So we've kind of seen some growth, you know, all across the board. So our needs have varied from, you know, from from single phase pole mount transformers to to large three phase pad mount transformers. So it's been a little of everything, but but we've done our best to to manage that and and to, to handle the growth in the supply chain strengths that are that are going on that have really strapped the country hopefully we'll be able to see some some improvements soon and some of the good things appa is working on will will hopefully lessen that unfortunately there's there's not a quick or easy fix and you know even when there are some options that are that are put on the table and are, and are promulgated it's going to take a while for our industry and for transformer suppliers in particular to to get out of the hole and get out of the backlog so it's something we're going to be dealing with for for years to come i suspect mm. okay all right. Well, Brian, thanks so much for taking the time out of your day to speak with us. It's been a really informative uh, conversation, and um, I'm sure you might be aware of, of what I do at, at the end of every episode, which is to to give give you an open invitation to come back uh, at some point in the future. We can talk about what we talked about today. I'm sure there's a lot of other stuff that'll be going on at Troy that we can also talk about. Yeah, that'd be good. I, I appreciate that. I enjoy being here, Paul. Again, I've, I've listened to these. Uh, pretty much every week when they come out, and so it's it's a, a wonderful opportunity to get here and to 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 be the person on the other end of the call and instead of listening to somebody else. So I I appreciate the offer and would would love to come back anytime and appreciate your your time and having me on this afternoon. Sure thing. Thanks for listening to this episode of Public Power Now, which is produced by Julio Guerrero, graphic and digital designer at APPA. Be sure to take a listen to a recent Public Power Now episode that featured Chase Collins small unmanned aircraft system program director and FAA safety team representative for Troy Utilities. 
Chase detailed how Troy Utilities is leveraging drones in its operations and discusses how drone technology has evolved. That episode and others is available to listen to at publicpower.org backslash podcast. I'm Paul Schimpoli, and we'll be back next week with more from the world of public power.